1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal. Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 214 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. And thank you. We did eventually reach 105 stars on Spotify. So thank you. Yeah, for <laughs> Next stop, 500. <laughs> uh, um, not stop asking ever. Uh, Jack Williams is here. Hi, everybody. And back from skiing, uh, it is Daniel Bayless. How is skiing, Dan? Very nice. It was Excellent. very cold, very snowy, superb. That's just what you need to be fair for. There's no such snow, be a bit crap, isn't it? Um, Harry, I, we are sat here talking about not only a win over Liverpool, but a 3-0 win over Liverpool. Um, I am at my parents' house at the moment because I have no internet in my new place. And today is the first time I've spoken to my dad since because he had gone missing. He is a Liverpool fan. And uh, he's still in the mood. Uh, so, <laughs> um, 3-0. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Um, I, I said to said to you and Bayliss sort of um, just before the game kicked off, I was like, do you reckon we've got a chance here? And I think the mood was actually pretty bullish wasn't it like I think there was that feeling that maybe something could be done a very good time to play Liverpool yeah um, 
I was quietly confident, but I would never have predicted a 3-0 win like that. Um, and another thing I would have never have predicted was a starting eleven. I think everybody would have put um, Collins in with Dawson and I'd yep. put Kilman, which he didn't. I'm surprised Eight Nori started, but he did really well. I was surprised Huang started, did really well before he went off injured. And but the biggest surprise for me, and I think arguably probably won us the game because it probably threw Liverpool off a bit, was the fact we played four four two. Nunes was out on the left. I thought it was going to be a 4 3 3, but it was a 4 4 2. Sarabia and Cunha up front with Sarabia floating around. As I say, Nunes on the left, Wang on the right. Lamina in the middle, it was absolutely unreal, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. But I think we just surprised Liverpool. We went at them with them from the word go. Got a bit of luck with the first goal, but we deserved those two goals the first 15 minutes or so. And it was amazing for Molyneux to feel like the Molyneux like it used to be under Nuno the, the atmosphere was incredible and yeah. what a start and what a performance um, just oh, some breaking news coming through uh, the driver of the Liverpool team bus has been fined for speeding he's told a court it was the only way they were leaving Wolverhampton with three points unbelievable <laughs> get out yeah. uh, no, no that. Uh, Bayliss uh, you mentioned him, uh, Harry mentioned him there uh, Lamina and uh, they mentioned the atmosphere I think you said probably the last time it was rocking like that was the Manchester United um, FA Cup win um, okay. But but first on Lamina, I think you did at one stage compare him to Kante. I didn't, didn't know if he was jumping a gun a little bit, but I, I got what you meant. <laughs> it, well, he was everywhere. Well, what sort of someone put on Twitter, didn't they? Two thirds of the world is covered by water; the other thirds covered by Lamina. Blake <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> was exceptional. I I haven't been able to highly praise a player like that for a long time. Well, you haven't just... you haven't wanted to probably is probably more accurate. Oh, just he was brilliant. I mean. I said to a mate at work Monday, it's the first time I've gone to a Wolves game and just enjoyed every minute of it yeah. for a very long time. Just everything about it was perfect. We were sort of saying in the pub beforehand, like, they're here for the taking today. And God, did we take our opportunity. Like, I haven't seen us piss many teams off the park like that, let alone Liverpool. No, I think, that's, it, I think, that's, I think that's fair. Five or six would not have been an injustice. If we had a striker, it, it would have been. I agree. Yeah. Um, Jack, I think the one person that made a, a real difference, and obviously having not seen him that much at all in a Wolf shirt making his debut, um, Craig Dawson. And, and actually, when I sat back and thought about it, he's the first player we've had since we were promoted, I think, that's had Premier League experience and been a centre back. Oh, that's a. Now, I, I can't think about. I can't think of anybody else who falls into that centre-back category because it was always Sace, Bolly, Cody. And as he came up, yeah. And then Ever. we brought in like Toti, and who's obviously improving the Premier League. So Bennett. Probably right. Bennett, arguably, that was in the Championship. Yeah. So, um, yeah, potentially. But to be honest, I was quite surprised that he went straight into the starting lineup. I thought he, he was going to potentially be the cover for Collins and Kilman, who've been that, that pair for a long time and obviously you need to be able to rotate and we saw when Collins got suspended but I'm with Harry I was a bit surprised to see Collins dropped really because he's been really really good lately outstanding but to come in like that and put in a performance like on his debut really he didn't look out of place at all there was that one moment in the second half where it was a loose pass which uh sort of put put them onto us which we were lucky and got away with but apart from that didn't really put a foot wrong did he didn't look out of place at all came in and just uh, really helped everyone around him as well, which was was good to see. And 
Yeah, the starting line, I thought uh, there was a few eyebrows raised. I was of the same opinion that, you know, I think we can get something today. I didn't think it would win 3-0, but I think I thought that we could get a result, probably. And the past performances against Liverpool really uh, sort of showed that, I think, particularly when we're going full and strong. And Lopetegui, even though there are eyebrows, a few eyebrows raised when the team came out, he got it absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on. For the first 45 minutes, I thought we were absolutely brilliant. And I think Juan going off actually imbalanced us a little bit. Which is credit to Wang because he's had he's had stick off us. He's had stick off everybody really. But it seems like Lop- Lopetegui's seen something in him, and he's I hope his injury obviously isn't too bad because it looks like he'd probably done his hamstring, hadn't it? But really, really good. And it just we looked so balanced. We just looked alert. We looked like we wanted it more. And Liverpool just didn't really know what to do with us. And I know all everything after the comments are saying, oh, you know, this the first fifteen minutes they Liverpool switched off. They're all over the place. We made that happen. It wasn't just because it wasn't just because Liverpool were a bit asleep. Like we forced them to make those mistakes, and we forced them to to lose their man and to, to be lazy because of how much pressure we were putting on them. And uh, honestly, uh, he got it tactically absolutely spot on. And then I think um, it, the, uh, Huang going off and the start of the second half was a turning point where they got back into it. But for out going out of the blocks like that and getting a two goal head start at home, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, one thing I would say is they had no midfield, did they? That was the one. You know, people have been criticising Liverpool for being poor when Wolves are actually very good. But Liverpool midfield was non-existent. Didn't matter with the lead there, mate. He'd have dominated any midfield that day. <laughs> it just gave us the space, didn't it, to pass the ball? Like, Nev- Neves is... Oh, he's a genius. He's too good for us, isn't he? Sure. <laughs> oh, he's definitely... You know, it's, it's a project now, and I think the project's back on it. It does feel that way. Um, but just back on Dawson, Bayliss, I mean, that finish... Yeah. Unbelievable. Took it really well, didn't it? I mean, it was a snapshot on the half volley. It was either breaking the net or it was going to land somewhere near the second tier of the North. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're all good finishes, I mean, You mentioned it there, Jack. Um, Neves' finish. I mean, Traore made it as difficult as he could for him by absolutely smashing it at him. But thankfully, he's got the first touch of a god. Could, could you imagine Neves actually making that run under large, though? That's the thing. Oh, that, that's one of the biggest, the biggest differences. Because they, they just went and really... As I said, just we were under pressure, I think, for the first 20 minutes of that second half, under quite severe pressure. If they just scored a goal in, in that period, it could have ended up being a completely different game. But again, Lopetegui is a bloody genius because he saw it happening. He made two changes. He brought on Martino and Jimenez, and it improved pretty much oh, instantly. Brilliant. Pretty much instantly. Martino won the ball back, which led to um, us getting the goal. We paid out to Traore, didn't he? So um, you see it quite a bit, Traore making the long run, right? How many times has anyone bust their gut to get in the box? Yeah. Not many. No, no, no. no. And the only reason Neves could do that is because Lamina was sitting the whole game and it gave Neves so much freedom to be much more involved further up. And if it carries on like that, Neves could be adding a lot more goals to his game, definitely. 100%. Great. Uh, I think a lot of people have highlighted Traore, Harry, and then the performance. And a lot, say 99% of people are saying the same thing. Whereas, if, you know, if he plays like that consistently, then... A lot of the words were paying what he wants. And, you know, he is going to be leaving on a free if nothing is sorted out within the next six months. Um, do, you, do you think there's there's hope that he'll stay? It's frustrating with Trey, all right, for me, because he can have a game like that where he's amazing, really impactful, but then the next game he'll be woeful and he'll look like he can't play football. So his, his consistency has always been in question. And I would love him to stay, personally, especially to bring off the bench. I mean, we've said it so many times, but he don't do it enough, though, does he? There's no doubt he was brilliant. It was a perfect game for him because beginning of that second half, we were sat back. 
and he'd give us the opportunity to break on him. And when we break through space and you give it to Traore, you just know, you know what he's capable of. And I think you're a bit harsh about his pass as well. I thought it was a good ball into Neves. I think he's hit it quite hard, didn't he? I thought he, I think just... he had to, though, didn't he? Yeah, no, in and then he nearly set up Raul at the end, didn't he? And Raul tried a weird dink finish. So, yeah, brilliant. Oh, what was... His shoot... He tried to just chip him, didn't he, with the outside? He tried to chip him, but... He was the old... shooting from anywhere, wasn't he? He was like, he got the ball on the halfway line and had a shot, and I was like, what's he doing? He's, he's just trying too hard still, isn't he? And I, but I, I couldn't help but I know it's... I wouldn't have laughed if it was 1-1 or we, we were 2-1 down when he did that. But with 3-0 up, I just burst in, in, into hysterics when he just... Because he should have scored, shouldn't he? Let's be honest. The old yeah, Raul would have slotted that in easy. It was like that time when you remember against Le- was it against Leeds when he just when he went to take a quick throw oh. and he just threw it out. Yeah. <laughs> just threw it in the dugout. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. He got the pitch, yeah. No, he didn't he no. the pitch. You, you know what needs to happen, don't you? He needs to start watching Dawson's finishing. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to watch the tape back of that goal. Yeah. Well, just do that route. <laughs> How, how did you describe um, on your blog, Harry? How did you oh, Brett, the Brexit finish? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Explain what that means. <laughs> it just just means like you know, no nonsense, bold in your fifties, like you know, smack <laughs> the wife about it. You can't even say that. Oh, you know what I mean. Well, big capital. Profits. Oh, I thought actually, uh, just moving on from that. Uh, that Megan Rapino, when she came, sorry, uh, Pedent, Pedent. Uh, came on, uh, had a little bit of an impact of one more goal. What's he doing there? He looked like a smurf. No, that's probably why he didn't start him. That's probably why he was out. I'll take you those looks. He went, nah, not not for, not today, mate. Not not today. You know, talking of all the brilliant football, and it was a fantastic game to watch. My favourite part was still the last minute of oh, the pass oh, around. Yeah. Two minutes oh. of uninterrupted Olays. Hey, and then like it'd be a, what would normally be a wayward pass, and then there'd be a wolf player on the end of it, and just like you know, it's our day. It was brilliant just watching the lower Steve ball. Every time there was no lay, another ten or fifteen left. Yeah, and that, and that, that seat could not be people's dream of empty seat. Well, empty seats, empty space um, is where seats used to be. Yeah, um, I think from start to finish, because Harry was t- talking about the very start of it, and there was some Elvis uh, playing through the stadium. Um, I'm trying to think what song it is now. Wonder of You. The Wonder of You. I mean, it's 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 basically a crowd pleasing wedding song, isn't it? And may as well may as well have played Sweet Caroline. But it did seem to like g everybody up a little bit. We did do um, it a few years ago for a period. We played it. Yeah, I, do, I right? think. Now they are trying. Like I think the club are trying to change the music and now aren't they to make the atmosphere better. But the fact we went to the up so early, they could have played anything. <laughs> In the end, I think the atmosphere would have been incredible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I like what they're doing. I like what they're trying, but. If we keep doing performances like they, won't matter what they play, Molyneux will be rocking. Like you lot said, we, we need something to cheer for. And if we do get it, Molyneux's brilliant. There's no doubt about it. But when we play, is it Bournemouth who come to Molyneux next? Yeah. Hopefully we can be like that again. If you know, if it's nil-nil after 20 minutes, we need to keep the atmosphere going. I just want to mention something, because um, we haven't brought him up once yet. We give Jose Sarr so much stick on this podcast, rightly so, after the Man City game. And we didn't pass it around the back as much, did we, admittedly, but he pulled off two great saves on the day yeah. against Nunes. The form first half was like he tried to bend it round, didn't he? And then that yeah. one second half when Kilman got like lobbed, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so brilliant from Jose Sarr. That's what we want to see from him. And it was a crucial save, that one as well, the second one, because it was 2-0 at the time. It was hanging on a little bit. And then obviously we did go on and get the goal. But yeah, shout out to Jose Sarr as well. So many good performances on the day, wasn't there? There's a good, good three or four potential man of the match candidates. Jack bring in there. Yeah, there were. I think 
and I know it's very good to look at the result and get excited and sort of think that, yeah, we probably could have had with Nunez's one-on-one in the first half and particularly with Jimenez's one that we already mentioned, we could have scored five goals feasibly. I think we were quite lucky to not concede at all. And that's testament really to Jose Sarr with his saves. Um, uh, we called out the um, the one earlier, the way the wayward pass, which led to the Salah putting it wide of the post. And also there was another ball over the top, wasn't there? Kilman, all over the top, which caught Kilman out. And so there was still, it wasn't a 10 out of 10 performance, but it's uh, it's when you're playing opposition who have been one of the best two teams in the uh, in the league for the past you know, three or four years now, really. It's the, it's, and we, we never get anything against them in the league, do we? That's our first win. No, since, beat we, them. since we come back, oh, yeah, we haven't beat them in the press. Since Stephen Ward, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. Stephen Ward won nearly in 2010, was it? Or something yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great performance. It wasn't faultless, but, you know, it's okay. It's just the fact, the attitude and the way we went about it. So, yeah, there's a few performances all over the pitch and players that we've had question marks about, like we've mentioned, of Saar, Wang, who just turned up on the day, really. So, just on Kilman, Jack, so you mentioned him being lobbed there. We, on Twitter, was it Neil Meller clutching at straws a bit? That handball, remember at 2-0? I know Liverpool fans were crying about that one, but did he hit his belly first and went on to his arm? Where? Yeah. It's it, it's that was just clutching at straws, but the problem is I said I, I, I said at the time as well. I think it's like I think it's a bit of entitlement because uh, Robertson was straight over to the ref at that. They're all crowded around the ref like it's handball, it's handball, it's handball. Nobody who actually watches football apart from Neil Mellor actually thinks that's handball. I don't think it's by his side. There's little, nothing you can do about uh, it. But when you find you get it, it didn't meet any of the handball criteria. It was a pretty good shout. That's what I mean. <laughs> but when, when when they've got this this sort of. Um, when when they're used to getting these sorts of calls every week because they're a top team, it's just entitlement, and they think they should get it. It's like, come on, we're two 0 down. We need something to get back into us. Let's all crowd around the ref for something that's not a handball, and then whine about it later on Twitter. But big six bias in it. I agree, um, Harry. They dropped the goal music as well. Um, yeah, I love that. I think it, you you did get to hear the crowd cheering the goal in its entirety. Which, to be fair. Probably pre Lopetegui didn't wouldn't have happened very much anyway because you you've got to score a goal to have goal music, um, but uh, high ho silver lining at half time as well. Um, so you know lots of good feedback for what the club have been doing behind the scenes. Yeah, I like I like the no goal after uh, the sorry the no songs um, after after goals definitely. I like the fact they've done that and yeah, I, I, hopefully they can keep trying things and hopefully they get it right. But the atmosphere was as I said would have been brilliant anyway. I've just pulled up Paul's comment. This is probably why Eight Norrie started this game over Bueno, which obviously he had Salah in his pocket again. And you think back to that game. Was it when Hoover come on and they scored last minute? Like Eight Norrie absolutely marked throughout the game. Yeah. Hoover comes on, we lead right at the end. And then maybe he thought, oh, obviously now Eight Norrie does before, let's put him there again. And he did keep Salah quite quiet again. Then he said a good comment from Paul. Um, but yeah, Liverpool, it, oh, well, we'll probably get on to what Klopp was like in the press conference and that, but. They are literally. I don't even want to say the word because we get we get accused of um, taking this is that a Hillsborough, but they are victims, aren't they? Let's be honest. The 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 really weird thing about that is that the, apparently there were songs about Hillsborough, so I didn't hear any. Then well, nobody else seems to have heard any. Um, there are certain Wolves reporters out there that said they they heard it. Backtracks, I think back backtracks a little bit, saying that I mean it, it, it's the victim song that goes back Fat. to. Being Hillsborough. On that point, surely if you're a reporter doing that game, you're sat in the press box, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that is in the Billy Lee Wright stunt. So to have heard that song, it would have had to have been sung by pretty much all the stadium because it wouldn't have been coming from the Billy Wright stand. 
He said it was a South Bank. He said it was a small one. It, it, back, I want to talk about this, actually, because he really annoyed me. Steve Madley, the athletic. Steve Madley. He, I don't know what it is about him. Like, at first, I felt a bit sorry for him because he was getting a bit of abuse on Twitter. And let's be honest, it's an impossible job. He gets so much abuse being yeah. a Wolves correspondent. But he is not doing himself any favours. First of all, when the Scott Seller stuff was happening, he went, he stuck up for Scott Sellers and was like really sticking up for him and all the Wolves time base were a bit annoyed with him. That's one of the first things that annoyed me about him. And then this now, he, this victim song that was sung, which I don't actually know what it sounds like. I didn't hear it on the day. I was in the ground. He said a small minority sang it. It's got links to Hillsborough apparently, but the song was created after Suarez refused to apologise to Evra back in 2011. That's when the Man United fans started to sing it. But he just really kept banging home about this being the connection to Hillsborough. I don't think anybody who sang that song in the stadium on the day purposely were trying to bring up Hillsborough. I've never heard that any time we've played Liverpool in my whole time going. So I think, look, I don't know Steve Manley as a bloke. Never met him. Obviously, none of us have. Never read any of his articles because personally, I wouldn't pay to read articles online. But he does himself no favours on Twitter. And for someone who's the Wolves correspondent, surely he should want people to read his stuff and not people want to boycott his stuff. So I think the way he goes about it it's just ridiculous. So horrendous from him. He's just alienating a lot of Wolves fans, and I, I don't. He just annoyed I, me. I get Harry that you shouldn't always want to bow to the general consensus. You should have your view. Fair yeah. enough. But this is a pretty well serious, not just a touchy subject. It's a really touchy subject. It's one that I don't think any Wolves fans would stoop to it. I just don't think it would happen. I think it, I think if they did want to sing about it, they'd be be more direct about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're looking looking for some sort of offence underlying there, which isn't actually there. And they sang they sang the sign on song. They always sing I don't know sign on with a pen. But that's like I think every fan in the country sings that's the Liverpool. It's just one of those things. But no, it, it, it's a very touchy subject, and he just wouldn't stop going on about it. I know he wrote articles on how good we were. Fair enough. But he he just wouldn't let it go. He was responding to people on Twitter, blocking anybody who would say wrong against him. I just think he's gone about it in completely the wrong way. And I, I never thought I'd say this because I weren't particularly his biggest fan, but bring back Tim Spears. <laughs> well, at, least, at least at least Tim Spears was a Wolves fan. Though. That's a exactly. Thing. The thing with this bloke, he's, well, he's an ex-Albion correspondent. He's moved to Wolves for the sole reason that it's a Premier League team. That's it. If he was actually a, a, a Warsaw fan or an Albion fan and he actually wanted to do it for the love of his team, he would have stayed and reported on those clubs, but he's probably got a little bit of a pay rise to go and report on walls, get to see more glamorous games, go to better stadiums. So he's jumped, jumped at it. But it's very weird for someone who's only really been in the job at the start of this season. Was it? Was it start of last season? Yeah. I can't remember. But um, but and he, and he keeps going on holiday. To have such a fragmented relationship with the fans after such a short period of time, it's very strange, isn't it? And I know some of the abuse on there then gets a bit a bit personal, but um, yeah, it's, it's just... It, I, I agree. It's kind of the wrong way to go about it if you just want to be arguing with basically the people who are your potential customers. If you're going to be charging them a pound an article or a pound a month or whatever you think it's worth, um, so yes, it's it's not very not very smart. What what we'll say is obviously he's not here to defend himself. Uh, he says he heard what he heard and um, he is stuck up for himself on Twitter and. And I suppose that's the end of it, really. He's the only Wolves. He's the only Wolves reporter to say it. There was the other. I didn't see Leon Keane or Jude or anything no, no, anything about it. I'm, I'm. I don't think anyone will say, okay, you heard people singing the victim song, whatever. I'm sure that that probably might might well have happened, but I think it's the connection you're making as to why it was being so. He's pushing it a bit. We've just had an amazing result, and but that's the thing he wants to highlight on Twitter. Like he's like, come on, mate. So he's just dampening the mood, isn't he? Using a tenuous link to 
create a hook for yourself isn't a particularly nice way to go about things, is it? Allegedly. Um, Harry, it was almost like someone had had taken a tweet from a Liverpool fan about this and then um, run a story on it. And then I think, was it the Liverpool reporter for... So there was somebody... There was a BBC journalist who obviously covers Liverpool who was the first person to bring this up. Um, he says the victim yeah. song. Yeah, and and then he got a lot of abuse off Wolves fans because they were like, "No way, that's not what they, you know, that was not their intention." Blah blah blah. We didn't hear it, which like we didn't. A lot of Wolves fans didn't hear it. He like protected his tweets, like went private, and then I think Madley was backing him up. That's how it all started. But yeah, and then just talking of the athletes, I don't know if you want to move on a little bit, but Klopp, how funny was that after the game? There was a, a I think it's James Pierce for the Athletic covers Liverpool. He just rattled Klopp, didn't he? Like Klopp, he was like, I refuse to answer your questions, which is classic Klopp when he loses. He's a solid sort It was about something that James Pierce had written. I mean, James Pierce, I think, used to write for the Liverpool Echo. He's a Liverpool fan. He now works as, at the Athletic as the Liverpool correspondent. So, I mean, you similar situation, really. I suppose, you know, you've got fans reporting on clubs, but almost you have to go a little bit the other way sometimes, otherwise you get accused of, of bias in a, in a in a positive way um but re- refused to answer a, a question and then got another journalist within the room to answer the same question and then he answered it it's just petty isn't it you know what else want to say that i i, I, I mean, don't really know the backstory of it really but it's everything's a bit sour grapes isn't it with klopp particularly when he's just lost three nearly be in a better mood if he'd if he'd won and and got everything to go his way. Probably should say something about the ref, actually, because the ref had actually was putting up with none of their nonsense, which you've got to like. After the talking point in the last few times against Liverpool has mm. been the referee. Didn't really notice him. I don't know who it was. But, uh, that's good, though, Jack. Well, we say every week, if you don't notice a referee, yeah. it's a brilliant job. We exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Klopp's always a little bit like this. And that's uh, a good point by Paul again in the comments. Has anyone written an article yet about um, how Liverpool fans smashed up all the seats before they left? Or is that is it um, more, is it more bad about us us potentially singing a song which links to something that they think yeah I, I I haven't yeah. seen any re- reporting of it other other than sort of from fans who were at the game uh, just on Klopp as well it was hilarious him saying the third goal shouldn't have counted because we oh. didn't enter their half before he scored oh, yeah. <laughs> did you see the tweet once but out oh yeah. brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen it it was just a, a picture of two nil with Neves's goal sort of chalked off Crops, it and then Neves like holding his head um, with Whoever did that emoji. fair play so. he doesn't help himself does he like what does he go out and say these stupid things I mean I think a lot of the, the coverage was quite complimentary about Wolves particularly uh, looking back on it but then like his his comments are always a little bit oh you know we did this it's unexplainable we did this it's unexplainable we've there, there were some Liverpool fans on Twitter saying that they were the better team and should have won and oh, that's how deluded oh, they are that's how deluded they are because they because they had a good 20 minutes in the second half and even then it's like when you're watching the stuff back on the highlights mm-hmm. well Liverpool had 70% possession in the in the second half and like that's kind of because that's our game plan was working we let them have the ball and try and break us down we had a two goal lead it wasn't that oh they had 70% possession they battered them they should have won 10 nil. it was mm-hmm. it, it's the way it's the way the game's played and and that's kind of Jack, thing, isn't it these are proper plastics aren't they this is this is someone sat in Nairobi with nothing better to do than go on Twitter and pretend to be a Liverpool fan. Ah, they're not football fans. Bayless, a lot of them were in the Wolves' home end because a lot of Wolves fans did sell their tickets to Liverpool fans. So 
don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> I did just pick a random place on Earth out of the place. It's a weird one. I don't, know how, I don't know how they get away with it. How, they, how you'd be sat in the South Bank doing a Liverpool vlog and no one would notice. Apparently, he's using it as well. Apparently, he was his uncle's season ticket, that that actual Liverpool vlog. But I saw something pop up on Twitter that I think Wolves are actually going to look into. If they can see that a Liverpool fan was in a certain seat and they can identify who season ticket it was, I think they are going to put they should people. Do. No, I should should. If, you, if, if someone's given a season to get away to a Liverpool fan, particularly if they do have the audacity to do a vlog in the South Bank at the time, find out whose season to get it is and just cancel it. And they, that's that's what they say they'll do in terms and conditions. They say they can do that if you just give it to your mate who's a Wolves mm-hmm. fan. Um, so they have all the power. There. It, it, it's dangerous as well because if someone would have collared who's a Liverpool fan, especially in the South Bank, he could have got slapped about. He, he could have. He could have got really messy. Wish wish he had. Really, yeah. <laughs> it could happen though, couldn't it? Like it is dangerous doing that. Especially got a few shirts to start shouting. <laughs> um, Bayless, how far does that three points go in terms of the wider relegation battle? We needed it. We did. Yeah, we where we'd have been if we'd have lost. Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the next three games. Is it still going down to the wire, Bayless? The next oh, three games are way more important than Saturday. It is. It yeah. really is. Like Slampton, Bournemouth, Fulham. That is, you know. Six points minimum, you got to say. Oh, Fulham are flying. Fulham are flying. It's, it's the next two, I think, isn't it? We've got, we're playing the bottom two teams next. They've got like the the least goals against for the GX against, if that makes sense. They're riding yeah. their luck. I think, <laughs> I think the wheels are coming off. I, I think purely because we've got Lopetegui. I said, didn't I? As soon as he took over, my, my mood changed pretty quickly that we were going to stay up, even before we made these six signings. I just we, we, I love the bloke. Look, when you looked at like Bruno Large, when there was a big decision to be made or was going into a big game, I would never be confident he'd make the right call. But with Lopetegui, I'm pretty confident he'll make the right call and make the right subs and pick the right team. He just oozes class, doesn't he? And he's out. We're eight. He out-tacticked, Carl. Out-tacticked. We're eight from the right restart. We're, 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 and in that time, we've had to play Liverpool, Man City and Man United in those games. So that's testament to it, really. So if we do stay up, which I think we will... Next season could be exciting. I don't want to get too carried away, but <laughs> book the flight, please. <laughs> book the flights. <laughs> Armenia, here we come. <laughs> um, Harry, you next oh. up. We've mentioned it. Southampton away. I suppose we're back to actually a, a guessing game podcast feature of what what is the team going to be? What what do you think the team's going to be? I don't, I imagine there will be changes because the game plan will be completely different. Well, there's one force change. I think Huang will be injured for the game, so it's whether you bring in Pedence or Adama. Personally, I'd bring in Pedence. I know it's controversial because Adama did well, but he's good to bring off. And then will he keep Aitnori there? Probably. Will he go with a 4-4-2 or will he change it up and go back to like a 4-3-3? I don't know. I don't know what he'll do because obviously tactically, Lopetegui will be looking at it. I know Southampton are in a bit of a rut. They're bottom of the league. They're, is it Nathan Jones, their manager? Is that his name? Yeah, have, have oh, they sacked yeah. it? Because I, I no. saw reports that he was going to be sacked, and I don't know if it, it actually happened. Didn't he, didn't he do like the most bizarre press conference ever? Like, giving he a tried to go a bit Brian Clough, didn't he? Yeah, did he? Ah, what? Find it on YouTube because it's worth a watch. He's like, maybe I've settled here. I'm one of the best coaches in Europe, sort of thing. I'm paraphrasing totally. It, it's really weird. It's difficult to compare yourself to Brian Clough when you haven't won two European Cups, isn't it? <laughs> he doesn't directly compare himself to Brian Clough. It's just the way he sort of says The way he's talking, he's trying. Cluffy. Trying to... No, but it, I hope he does stay because if they 
sack it. It's always weird, isn't it, when a team loses their manager? Like the players like see to G themselves up, ready for the next one to come in. So I hope I hope he sticks around. I hope win, but they, they would have done that when um, Hassan Hootel went, and that wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> no, yeah. I don't, don't think they really have been in the mood to to pick themselves up. Uh, go on. No, I, I, obviously, I mean, we didn't talk about our man of the match, but there's so many. I think Lamina's obviously guaranteed to be in there. Dawson, obviously Neves, but. We would do a pick. Sorry, just going back to that. We all think Lamina was man of the match, right? But obviously, oh, that's yeah, yeah. Because obviously, never ever had a shout or doors. I would, yeah. I think it's yeah, it's close. I think because of the work, because of his work rate, and he was just he was literally. I know Dan said it. Well, everyone said it earlier. You know, he was everywhere, mm-hmm. and he was relentless. Um, he just kept going and going and going. And I think a couple of people made the. Um, comparison and comments comparing him to Ndai and what he brought to the championship side comparison, um, yeah. saying that you know they, we didn't really ever find a replacement for him which was looking back a, a bit naive I think but um, working with a small squad and stuff it, it didn't work out badly did it let's face it in those first two seasons so I, I um, also think so yeah. any other game of the season there are five or six players there that had a performance that would have been man of the match worthy hmm. it, yeah Lamina was just so good and so consistent you had to give it to him I think we said we were stood talking, weren't we, during the game? And he got up the pitch and done something. We went, "Oh, that's good work." We turned around. And he made a tackle in our box. Yeah, fine. <laughs> he was everywhere, wasn't he? he? Just broke, just broke up the play so much all the time. And I, I hate to say it, and I know it's still early days, but I wasn't very particularly excited about this signing. But it seems like it was something no. like I say, you wanted to get him pretty quick because. You think, oh, ex Southampton didn't go to Southampton, they went to France. It's kind of like, oh, and Fulham in there as well. Being a being a bit naive there, but the early signals are, you know, again, they knew what we were doing. They they knew what they were doing more than than I knew, which isn't a shock. But it's uh, it wasn't particularly one that I was excited about, you know, compared to some of the other signs that we even made in January, really. And the reason he's going back to Southampton, of course, and didn't you put the video in the group of that old bloke outside St Mary's? Oh, like actually being brought to tears over how well that he can. <laughs> he's just so good. He's just so good. <laughs> uh, Paul's has said uh, Neto's close to returning now. Not on what was interesting as well. Not against Liverpool. No Costa. No Jao Gomez. No Totti. Like, uh, we, we're getting that much of a big squad now. It's like we're struggling to fit people onto the bench. So if Neto comes back, does he come straight in? Nito's performances prior to injury don't know to be honest with you this, I don't yeah. think he was very good this year at all it was more hype than he was actual end product so two big injuries as well will he ever be like he was before his first serious injury I hope he is I don't know oh yeah fingers crossed but I think Joe Gomez yeah I he he's going to obviously be in with a shout. I mean, he's obviously a little bit more off the pace because the Brazilian mm. league stops in December, so he's pretty much in pre-season mode. So he's you know pretty much getting on for six he months might, off the pace. He might be on the bench. I reckon he might just make the bench. It'd be harsh to like drop any of the midfielders, wouldn't it? I mean, look how good Matinho did when he come on as well. Yeah, yeah. Got Co- Diego Costa like not making the bench is interesting. Will he get on over Raul? I don't know. So. Has selection headache, isn't it? <laughs> Funny as it is. Every time Matinho comes in for a bit of stick, being like, "Oh, he's a bit old. He's done now. His legs have gone." Yeah. He goes and has a game like that. Yeah, not yeah. Comes on, right? No. He's world class. That's the way we should be using Matinho now, though, isn't it? It's like the last twenty years, yeah. particularly when you need a bit of experience in the middle. And everyone's getting tired. That was like exactly how we should be using him. Yeah, agree. Um, it was the twenty-five man squad was released, and they I think they've gone for Chiquinho over. Um, 
Kalajic, haven't they? Um, he's the yeah. one that, that sort of didn't make the grade. So obviously the nature of the injury means he is going to be out for a long time. There's no point in giving him um, a squad number per se in the Premier League. Um, but, but you know, Harry, you mentioned it there. It Good things to come potentially. Um, but got to stay in the league to do it. So let's do a score prediction for Southampton. It's coming in. It's happening. Finally. After all these years, since 2017, I thought it was going to come in against Liverpool. It's going to be Wolves 4, <laughs> Southampton 1. Get your £5 on it. It's coming in. Law of averages. It's got to. Please. <laughs> I thought Saturday was going to do it when it was 10 I'm minutes. I'm going 12 minutes or whatever. Uh, Jack? So, yeah, I don't think we can underestimate how big these next two games are. We're playing the bottom two teams here, and I think... If we take six points, which I know is unlikely, I can't see either of them catching us, even at this stage now, to be honest with you. So it's a really massive game. It's arguably bigger than the game last week. Actually, it probably is on paper. Um, but I'm confident. You can't not be confident after last week and the way it's improved under Lopetegui. And they are in free fall. They are in free fall. They haven't sat in the manager, even though there was talk of it happening on Monday. If they were going to do it, it would have happened now. So I'm confident. I think we'll go there. And it won't be as convincing as it was against Liverpool, but I'm going to go... 2-1 Wolves. Oh, Jack is confident. Uh, Bayliss. 2-0 Wolves. 2-0 Wolves. I'll go 2-1 Wolves. And um, let's get your latest betting odds and ticket news. So I've had a bit of time to go through a few bits today. So there's some... Wacky... Was it when you were having a sandwich? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I did it. Oh, okay. On the way home. Um, I did a little bet builder, because I quite enjoy those. Wolves to win. Over two and a half goals. Neves to have two or more shots on target and Wolves to be caught offside two or more times. 40 to 1? 66 to 1. Oh, that's good value. Like that. Value is yeah. always value. Uh, then it gets random. I'm sorry. Kuna to assist Neves and <laughs> Neves to assist Kuna. That's a big... That's got to be so big. Stupid. That's got to be big. 100 to 1. Wow. <laughs> I love it. I love. I I love the uh, saying that. Neves is pushing up field now, so you never know. He's getting yeah. out of the box. Yeah. Um, in the madness. Two-one Wolves. Pedence first goal. Forty-five to one. Mega Rapino, lovely. Like that. Two-nil Wolves. Sarabia first goal. Sixty to one. Ooh. And I will leave you with Harry Mansell. And I did do this earlier. I haven't just done it. Yeah. Wolves to win. Four-one. Kuna to get the first goal. 80-1? Is it? Wow. It was 80-1 to one for us just to beat Liverpool 4-1 on the weekend, so... Wolves are better than even money. Yeah. They're going away, Sam. Talking of... Uh, did we, I don't know if we brought this up. They've rearranged that fixture, haven't they? Just get out. Yeah, it's three weeks today, is it? I think. The 1st of March away. It feels like we've played Liverpool about 55 times this season. I think we have, yeah. Uh, Jack, has ticket news? Um... Yes, yes, I do. We'll start with the away games. So Southampton away this Saturday is a sellout of 3,200 there. So a big away following, which is good. Um, the away game at Fulham, which is a Friday night kickoff, I assume that's going to be on Sky Sports. Um, that is currently on sale on the points. Quite a small allocation for that one, actually. It's going to be quite tight. Only 2,300 available there. The ballot is open at the moment for the Newcastle away game, which always gets moved and it's got moved again. It's now a Sunday four o'clock in it, and which is not the, the best for the, the travelling fans. Um, On to the home games. One moment, please. I don't actually know. We've got Bournemouth next, haven't we? Uh, they are now on general sale. Uh, one per certificate. Uh, 
per supporter number. And the Tottenham ones, uh, the next game after that is a home to Tottenham on the 4th of March and they are on sale to members as of tomorrow, which is Thursday the 9th of February. That's it. Perfect. Lovely. Right. Um, well, I guess we'll leave that for a... No, 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 no. What? Sorry, go on. Oh, the City, Man City situation. Um, this is around financial fair play and this is dating back to like 2011, is it? Or, or yeah, it's, quite, yeah. it's quite far back. Um Pep says he will walk if City have lied to him, um, which I find, find astounding that he wouldn't know what's what's going on at the club. Um, so, oh, what happens next, Harry? Do you, do you strip them of titles? Is it just European? Is it what what happens? Well, the the rumor. I think they're defending themselves, aren't they, City? And I think they're confident that they're going to get away with it. But it'd be so interesting to see what happens because there's talk of Slippy G getting a medal from 2014. I saw a Lucas didn't he put on Twitter saying, "Am I a Premier League winner now?" and things like that. Um, yeah, it's it's insane because imagine if they get like took out the league or get points deducted. I think it'll go on for a while. I don't think it'll be resolved this season. But they've always been um, cheeky with their their spending, haven't they? Let's be honest. So it doesn't surprise me this has come up. But for the way the Premier League just released that statement, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't read it all because I'm not very clever, so I didn't really understand half of it, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm told uh, it's pretty serious. So they're going to defend themselves. I saw today that the lawyer uh, they've appointed is going to earn up to £80,000 a day defending them. So nice for him. But wouldn't it be good if they got to Cadillac and got all their titles stripped from the last 10 years? I'd love it. No, I mean, like, it won't happen. No. What it should be is a show of force that now we've got the likes of Newcastle and potentially Man U getting a new Qatari owner. It needs to really be a show of force to say, you can't do it. It's got to be a reasonably fair even though the ones with the most money do do better it's got to be reasonably fair you can't just go and buy the league so it should be a really strict punishment if they have done anything wrong what it will be is about a five point deduction in a league that they probably aren't going to win and maybe a five million quid fine which is basically like saying you've got loads of money so we're going to have some of it yeah and that's it what all about money what do you think should happen jack I don't know. I can't see anything happening that's that severe. Um, but it's, it's kind of an unprecedented situation. There's been little slaps on the wrist before, haven't there? And my Dan says the hilarious thing of, oh, you spent too much money. Here's a fine. Um, but I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. But I, I can't see them going back and changing stuff and how, how they punish them. I just don't know, really. I can't see it happening because they also want to protect their brand at the same time. And, uh, and Man City have become, a, you know, probably the best team in the world in the last five years or so well not a bit longer than that but you know they've, they really have been up there so I don't know I can't see anything much happening but at the same time like what Dan said they do need to do something about it and they need to make a show of somebody else it'll just keep happening but you know what's going to happen don't you Pep's going to walk for being lied to and then he's going to become Liverpool manager and Klopp leave that's I was going to say yeah <laughs> we're talking about it tonight the only, the only person that could ever replace Klopp I think would, would be Pep um, did you um, did you see that should they should they get the worst punishment and they're kicked out of the Premier League, the EFL are not obliged to take them. There's really? no legal yeah, there's no legal requirement. If the Premier League kicked them out for breaking their rules, the EFL are not obliged to put them straight in the championship. Well, they're gonna do part. Is this all part of the great Super League? Super League together, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's probably what would happen, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's funny though, isn't it? Because it, you know, if you're a club like Portsmouth and you do something wrong and you go into administration, your points have gone straight away. 
no questions asked. That's oh, it. Yeah. that's not how you run a football club. When it's Man City, and you got a checkbook. That's fine. I saw I saw a great point actually, just on City. Obviously, when we grew up, our era growing up through school, obviously the glory hunters were Man United fans, weren't they? Because they were under Fergie, winning everything. Obviously, Man United worldwide probably are the biggest club in the world, supported wide. But Man City, obviously, the last decade have been amazing, won a lot. They haven't really, they haven't really got the worldwide recognition of obviously a Man United, have they? It hasn't really caught on the same. I don't think so, because that was one of the arguments. Their worldwide revenue. Apparently, they they reckon they've been lying about it, saying how much they actually earn worldwide. Because, I mean, on Champions League nights, sometimes the Etihad's, I know they were protesting a bit, but the Etihad's like half empty, isn't it? It would just be a lie, isn't it? That, like, in wherever it is in the Middle East, they make billions a year in revenue. Actually, there's just like every single camel's got a home and away shirt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I prefer neighbours. <laughs> oh dear that's a good one I like that I'll laugh Sam I'll laugh good idea good idea right, that stole, stole, the, stole his thunder from his own joke <laughs> he's fucking fuming it was very good oh right we'll, we'll see what happens with that um, but like I say it's probably going to rumble on for a long time and nothing's going to happen um, but it's good if you're that lawyer on 80 grand a day that's almost as much as Bayless um, we will we will say we'll say goodbye uh, for another week uh, Good, best of luck and enjoy your day if you're going to St Mary's at the weekend but we'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell yep see you everyone Dan Bayliss see you next week and Jack Williams bye everybody and it is a goodbye from me goodbye Sports Social Podcast Network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details